This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We want to follow up on a story that we were talking about earlier today and that you've been hearing about in the news. It has to do with this report that came out from the Vancouver Archdiocese. And the Archbishop, Michael Miller, has released 31 recommendations and they come from a local committee. That committee took the time to review church records, records of abuse by priests in the Vancouver Archdiocese. And so among the recommendations in this report is that they set up an intake office to handle complaints and that that office would be staffed by people specifically trained to deal with the complexities of clergy sexual abuse. It also suggested the implementation of a review board to determine if an allegation is credible. Now, one of the other recommendations is one that we are going to talk more about extensively right now. It involves naming priests who are, quote, credibly accused of assault, but not proven in a court of law. That was one of the recommendations that the Archdiocese actually pushed back on, and they cited Canadian privacy laws for that. They said, due to Canadian legislation on privacy, they said, we are more restricted than American dioceses, which have been able to publish the names of what has been called credibly accused priests. So earlier, we spoke with Melissa Godbu, who's the spokesperson for the Archdiocese of Vancouver, and we wanted to know, like, what happens to priests then who receive these credible accusations? Um, they're removed from, from ministry immediately, and then their case is reported to the authorities, and our, it is investigated internally as well. Is that information publicly available then as to, like, why was that, you know, priest or official suddenly moved off somewhere else? Well, see, that's where it gets tricky because privacy laws come into play. So we're bound by the law. We're not allowed to release names um, until they have been charged or named on public record. Okay, so we had some questions about that because that would seem counterproductive given all the other forward-thinking elements in this report by the Catholic Church that you would think that if you have some credible accusations against a priest, you remove the priest from one you know, particular parish, can that priest then go to work at another parish? And is there any obligation to tell those people about why this new priest has suddenly arrived? So we had questions about that. They cited Canadian law and said that Canadian legislation on privacy does not allow them to do that. So we thought, well, let's talk to somebody about that law. So joining us now is Robert Talek, who's a partner at Beckett Personal Injury Lawyers in London, Ontario. He actually leads, he's a victim's advocate, leads the sexual abuse department there. Robert, thank you for joining us. Thanks for covering the issue. Yeah, what kind of work do you do? What do you specialize in? So I represent victims of sexual abuse uh, across Canada, um, all types of sexual abuse, but I just find that I tend to represent more and more uh, victims of Catholic priests because it's very prevalent out there. So when you heard this about this report today, what did you think? Well, I got to say my visceral reaction was there's a bit of a cop-out on not being able to fully list the names. I mean, I've been involved in legal battles for years where the Catholic Church says, look, priests aren't employees and we're not an employer. We're different than that. But magically, when it's time to name names, they're suddenly an employer. And they're trying to adhere to a very orthodox read of the privacy legislation uh, in British Columbia and Canada. So do you think, knowing the privacy legislation, then does that hold up to you that, oh, it's because of the legislation they can't say anything? 
No, I think there's there's lots of ways they could do this. I mean, let's look to other professions that are self-regulated that report publicly all the time when there's employee misconduct. Um, College of Physicians, uh, the teachers, any of these regulated professions that work with vulnerable people, you can go online and you can look up a database and find out when someone's been in trouble in their workplace on this particular issue. We're not talking about some uh, employee malfeasance that they didn't do their job right. We're talking about criminal allegations of criminal activity. And, you know, if over the years they had done the right thing and just said, don't talk to us, go talk to the police, and we had more secular investigation, we wouldn't be in this dilemma right now that only they know. So you believe that they could put this information out there publicly if they believed there was abuse that happened, even if it wasn't anything to do with a criminal case? Well, no, it's criminal conduct. I mean, the point is this is criminal conduct. So you're asking me if there's no conviction and there's no uh, lawsuit, I think they can do an internal process to determine if it meets uh, a standard of truth and they can put it out there. I mean, look, it takes so long to name these guys because the abuse is so destructive to the people. We're going to see a lot of names if this list eventually comes out of deceased priests. So, you know, there's no privacy right in the dead, okay? And if the concern is, hey, maybe the victims don't want us to tell their story, I think a lot of victims would want the name of their perpetrator out there. And if that's an issue, if, if, if the controller of the information is the victim, then you just get their consent to put out the name of their perpetrator. So, look, if you don't want to give the names, you hire lawyers that give you excuses why not to. If you want to put out the names, you find a legal way to do it. Robert, has anything improved in this situation since you have been working with victims? Well, I mean, look, I don't want to be all doomsayer. I mean, I'm happy with what I read in this, and but the unfortunate thing is I've seen a lot of this language before. You know, the church put out a report in 1992. People may not know about it. It's called From Pain to Hope. Very little put into practice. They updated it in 2005. Again, I, to this day, I deal with dioceses that uh, don't follow it. But the good news is, I mean, gag orders are a thing of the past. That's those confidentiality agreements, or as uh, as we would hear south of the border, the uh, non-disclosure agreements, NDAs. Uh, we see now a lot of Catholic institutions uh, providing some limited funding and, and or support for counseling to victims. So, you know, we've had some slow movement on the file. But you know, the piece that's really missing is the why. Why is this such a problem in the Catholic Church? This report doesn't look at it. None of the Church reports look at it. It's also, been, it's also being done still on a relatively small level. I mean, this is just the Archdiocese of Vancouver, right? Yeah, so I mean, kudos to Archbishop Miller for taking the lead on this. But in a certain sense, that's an indictment of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, which is our national sort of group of of the church in Canada. They should have done something this like this a long time ago, and it's a bit embarrassing, I think, for their leadership, for just one lone member of theirs out on the West Coast to put this type of package together when it really should have been a national effort. So good work for Archbishop Miller. If this is fully implemented, it's a conditional kudos. And, you know, the, the, the big organization, the conference in Canada, really needs to catch up. I mean, we're not asking for something novel. Like I said, teachers, doctors, this, this information is out there. You can check and see if your kid's teacher's ever been disciplined. You can check and see if a doctor's a problem. We can't do that with priests yet. What do you think it is that is taking so long? Because it's not like this hasn't been talked about and exposed and discussed. Why still this holdup, this reluctance to really expose it all? 
Well, I think because, you know, if we got it all out there, the volume would knock people off their chairs. I mean, this is a big problem in the Catholic Church. I mean, their own numbers from south of the border say 4 to 6% of all priests. If you look at those numbers and remove the contemporary reporting, in other words, the fact that nobody's come forward in the last 10 or 20 years, that's because those victims are still suffering. But if you rejig those numbers to be realistic, it's somewhere between 10 and 15%. So... You know, there's no other profession that has this volume of difficulty on this sexual issue. So I understand, you know, the hesitancy to really get it out there because I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to really be an eye-opener for the public and, of course, Catholics in general. Well, Robert, thank you very much for your time on this today. Thanks. And I hope, you know, long-term there's some movement to open the priesthood to all, all sex, gender, uh, you know, orientation, marital status. Let's just make it like any other occupation. I think a lot of this problem is going to evaporate. We'll see. Robert, thank you. Take care. That's Bye. Robert Talak, who's a partner at Beckett Personal Injury Lawyers in London, Ontario. He leads their sexual abuse department. He's a victim's advocate. He said he has worked on, well, it sounds like almost way too many uh, claims having to do with abuse within the Catholic Church, being abused by Catholic priests. And uh, it does remind me of that movie Spotlight. You know, every time uh, that movie's so incredibly powerful on this subject, that whole idea of the secrecy and exposing it and just learning more about it. So the Archdiocese of Vancouver is in the news today because they are the ones who put out this report. It was Archbishop Michael Miller who released 31 recommendations of a local committee that he put together that reviewed church records of abuse by priests just in the Vancouver Archdiocese. All sorts of recommendations, but the one that you know has raised a few questions is the fact that they're pushing back on naming priests who have been credibly accused. So they believe that this priest has you know committed some kind of misconduct or abuse. It has not resulted either yet or you know may not result in a criminal conviction, but they're not going to name those priests. They may shuffle them off to something else or send them away, but they're not going to name them because they claimed Canadian legislation on privacy prevented them from doing so. We just heard from lawyer Robert Talak who says that's not the case. They could find ways to do this. Other organizations do. Catholic Church could do so as well.